Welcome to Singing Teachers Talk, the podcast that brings you great interviews, insightful discussions and advice around the topic of singing and teaching singing. Now it's over to your host for today's episode. It's me, Alexa Terry. Hello, it's Alexa here and my guest today is one of the speakers who will be presenting at our next Focus On event titled The Body and the Singer, which is taking place on Monday the 27th of June 2022. She trained with the Vocal and Operatic Department at the Royal Birmingham Conservatoire and with Mount View Academy of Theatre Arts in Musical Theatre Performance. She is a voice teacher, a certified yoga teacher and founder of Vox Yoga and regularly delivers classes for the likes of The Sing Space and it's a pleasure to introduce Rosie Secker to the podcast. Hi Rosie, it's great to finally meet you and thank you for joining me today. Yeah, you too. Thank you for having me. No, it's great to finally meet you and your work with Yoga and the Voice is really interesting and we can't wait to have you at the event. Um, And I'm really interested to know your journey to this point from your first yoga class to running Vox Yoga, which really amalgamates those two things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to be honest, it was quite a journey for me because um, I didn't enjoy yoga the first time that I did it. So it's quite interesting that now I've ended up doing this because 10 years ago, I can't imagine that I would have ever been doing, you know, both of them together. Um, So, yeah, you know, I initially trained as a singer um, and, you know, I went to these great institutions. They were fantastic. Um, But there wasn't as much of a focus on the body then. And I was a singer that I'd studied classically. And as a teenager, I'd been on all the choirs. I'd had my music in front of me as a bit of a safety blanket, shoulders up to my ears, just singing. And I never kind of had that ownership, I guess, um, of my voice and my body and feeling comfortable when performing. I just never, you know, you know, you have singers who never know what to do with their hands, never feel free on stage. And I was always one of those um, people. However, I did. Yeah, I came to yoga, I suppose, probably about three years after I graduated. And I sometimes believe that I think you to get into yoga, you have to need it in your life. I think when I tried it originally, I was enjoying my spin class and everything. (laughs) And I found it quite slow and boring. However, I came to it during quite a busy job. Um, I was racing around, teaching a lot, performing at the weekends, sitting in my car a lot, finding a lot of physical tension, mental stress everywhere. So I started upping my own yoga practice. Um, And interestingly, I kept finding like the urge to make sound when I was doing yoga, which sounds very strange, (laughs) Um, particularly if you're in a big group class. Um, and I'd also just feel when I left the class that my my body, my mind presence felt so much better that I'd often then go home and do some singing practice. And it's kind of hard to get practice into your schedule when you are teaching every day and performing with repertoire. You've done a lot. Um, so I became a little bit more interested in how yoga and singing could work together, um, which was when a colleague mentioned a book which is Yoga for Singers by Linda Lister, which kind of sparked that interest of how the two could come together. Um, And that was about five years ago. And that just led to the start of everything, really, buying every book that had been written. And there's not that much, there's not that many publications actually out there yet. Um, 
So I, yeah, did my yoga teacher training and then with my, I guess, knowledge of voice science, voice teaching started to combine things, um, saw what kind of had success, what worked for people. Um, and then I did um, Heather Lyle's vocal yoga teacher certification as well, which I'd had her book anyway. So I'd kind of been using lots of the exercises and it kind of all just came together. And one of the I don't know if you can say positives, but that came out of the pandemic was just finally having the time to say, okay, I need to properly put this out there. I was doing, you know, bits with within individual lessons with students and, um, and you know, organisations I already worked for and colleges. But I wanted, yeah, to kind of have say, this is Vox Yoga. This is what I do. This is how yoga can benefit singers and um, singing teachers, voice users, um, and yeah, now running quite a lot of my own classes for organizations as well, and just learning lots more as well, always. Mm. <laughs> Sounds amazing. And and with, you mentioned there that yoga, you felt it was quite boring to start with because it was quite slow. Do you think that mm. was because it was so opposite to what you were feeling in your day to day with that rush around and suddenly this restful thing was like, I don't do this. Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. And now actually I love that slow yoga <laughs> um, because it does have that, it gives you the balance, but it was, it was a shock. And I was like, no, I don't, you know, it wasn't what I wanted at that time. And there are so many different yoga classes as well. If you just kind of go to one, um, a gym or a studio, there's lots of different styles and you do need to find what works best for you. Mm. Um, but yeah, you're right. It definitely was not what I, not, not, what I was expecting but um just not what I needed so when I finally went to that class when I did need it um you know it was almost a bit overwhelming I suppose how I felt afterwards the benefits of it and then of course regular practice as well it does you know it, it can change you having a regular practice mm. and you mentioned there about different styles do you feel like your work takes on a specific genre of yoga and if so what is that yeah, so um, it definitely takes elements of different styles, whether it's, you know, the breath and the flow that you get in vinyasa, so moving with the breath. But we don't need to be full-on power yoga because it's not about exercise and stability, although it does benefit that. It is more about exploring the postures and bringing awareness to sensations in the body. So probably more Hatha yoga, which is kind of like a slower, you know, slower vinyasa kind of getting into how the body feels. Sometimes, you know, yin yoga is where you hold postures for an amount of time. That's really great to do where you um, can then sound in a posture if you're in it for three, four minutes. Of course, using modifications, chairs, bricks, blankets, making you feel comfortable. And then we often find more release because you're getting deeper into the muscles. So it is a mixture of, yeah, flowing with the breath, holding postures. And sometimes it can just be, yeah, pranayama, breathing, focus work as well. So there's so many elements to kind of take and and put together and then it's finding what works best for the individual student and if it's a group class it's kind of giving you a taster of what might work for you. Mm. Is this specific to adults or can children get involved and feel some benefits as well? Yeah um, it you know it definitely could be useful for 
I think any age, because it is just moving the body, understanding the body. Um, you know, the group classes that I do are probably more aimed at adults because it's, you know, having that more awareness, um, which maybe kids would want their own kind of class. But I've worked with children's choirs and different, you know, kids, teens before and built a bit of it into it. And they do, you know, they really do enjoy it. Um, and I teach all ages with individual students as well. And you kind of get to know the students, which will be quite open to trying some of it. And the ones that won't as well, because I'm very, I'm very open in saying, you know, it doesn't, it's not the right thing for everyone. Um, but it doesn't mean full on yoga flow in your lesson. It could just be a simple neck release stretch and adding a bit of a sound. And that can be, you know, your yoga for singers for you <laughs> mm. and yoga really uh, features quite heavily on lists of exercises that singers would benefit from being uh, a part of or exploring and that includes things like swimming and pilates and uh, and things like that opposed to stomach crunching and maybe big heavy weight lifting so why is that and you mentioned at the beginning how we can use yoga to actually help facilitate and build the voice. So firstly, why do we think yoga is featured on, on that sort of exercise list? And secondly, what are the ways that a singer can benefit from yoga in their development? Mm -hmm. So, um, and those questions kind of go together a little bit in the answer as well. Um, it's yoga is so fantastic to give you the balance. It's really balancing the amount of engagement in the muscles the amount of push and pull and that stretch and release um one of the best things is that it frees you up it frees up the joints gets you moving which for singers you know as soon as we have one little bit of tension we're stuck in for example you know our hips we've got a bit of tension it can all travel up shoulder tension just getting moving is fantastic um, and when we're in postures, often we are working the core, but we're not, yeah, we're not overworking it. We're listening to our body. We can take easily modifications. Also with things like crunches, if, of course, if you're doing them correctly, you're not engaging the neck. However, when people are learning and they're like, I'm going to, I need to get fit. I'll do 10 sit-ups. Of course, you know, people tend to engage extra other muscles or squeeze the throat constrict when they're trying to work the core. So yoga is great that it gets you moving, connecting to the breath as well, helps us to move more efficiently. So you can get into the postures a little bit deeper and then it calms your nervous system at the same time. So it's fantastic for folk overall kind of focus um, and then breath as well. Of course, so much of yoga is about breath, which is just so good for singing. Obviously, it is of our breath is our voice. <laughs> um, so within yoga, you know, as an exercise, sometimes there'll be a little breathing practice within the physical aspect. Um, and it does target everything yoga, all elements of the body. Like I said, strength release, different um, sides, you know, stretching the front, the back, um, the sides, just everything like that. And that kind of leads on to the second part of, the, of um, your question anyway, you know. We need to find that balance in singing 
to have the ability to release our abdominals, to make space, but also understand, you know, the muscles of exhalation, how our core can help support us, how we can engage, anchor certain muscles while other ones stay free. Um, we need mobility in the thoracic spine, the rib cage to breathe efficiently. And yoga is so much about moving the spine and moving in ways that we keep a healthy spine and we keep our core healthy and the ability to switch on and engage. Um, and also our, you know, all of that goes to our alignment, our overall alignment, working from the feet up. That's what stabilizes and supports us. And in every yoga posture, it's thinking, what are our feet doing? How can that how can our body stack and be in, in line? And I think yoga helps you to understand how your body works and functions. It's very easy to read a textbook saying, this is alignment, this is posture, this is how you should stand. And everyone's just made differently. <laughs> so by moving the body, understanding, oh yeah, actually in that posture, I've realized my hip does this. Oh, I can find balance by doing this. And then you finish a practice and hopefully you're then much more in a good alignment for your body. So um, I could talk for an, you know hours about why, <laughs> about the benefits. But I think those are, you know, the main things, finding, yeah, balance, freedom, flexibility, movement, strength control. It kind of, I feel like it does truly do a bit mm. of everything. Mm. And if people want to start engaging with this and they haven't tried yoga before, what sort of equipment do we need? Yeah, well, the, the joy of the internet is actually that you can just go on YouTube and you can do a beginner yoga and you don't, you don't need anything. You know, it's great to have a yoga mat, obviously, because if you're doing more postures on the hands, it gives you support. However, if you are a beginner, you don't want to do those practices first of all you just want to explore engaging with the breath um with a little bit of simple movement um however like I said you want to make it work for your body and there's so many things around you know that you yes you can order or you can use household things to help support your practice you know posture on a chair is great and, you know, as a singing teacher, I'm sitting at a piano stool a lot as I accompany students. I'll often do upper body yoga or a little hip opener while I'm sat down. Um, and yeah, you know, having blocks or paperback books, that's going to help support you. But you really don't need anything. And that's the joy of it. You can do a 10 minute standing flow without your hands touching the floor. So you can just do it anywhere. And I think it is very accessible but I just encourage people to go to a class but that says it's beginner yeah I'd be the person who is like why is that person bent in half and I can barely touch my knees <laughs> yeah and do you know what I couldn't touch my toes until I was about 27 like I was the most inflexible person um but what I've realized in yoga is yeah I am made in a certain way I can touch my toes now but there's some postures that I will never look like some of the people on Instagram and I don't need to because I, you know, yes, it makes me more flexible yoga, but I'm not doing it for my flexibility. And I think it can often, we see all these beautiful photos of people in, you know, on beaches doing these crazy yoga postures and it puts us off a bit, but that's only like 5%, maybe 2% of people that do yoga. Um, mm. You don't need to, you know, 
fold yourself fully in half, you can still find the benefits of it. Um, if you aren't, you know, if you're not flexible and you'll find it gets a bit easier the more you do, really. Mm. Brilliant. Um, I'm really interested to know what a Vox yoga class kind of looks like and how you plan it out for somebody. So, of course, because every singer is individual and has their different needs, um, I've come up with a a little scenario that I'd like to put to you um, and wondered if you could guide us through what you would do for this imaginary singer. So here's a scenario. Uh, Francis Frangipan is an assistant baker (laughs) by day and a gigging contemporary pop singer by night. Whilst uh, a breathier sound is part of their vocal identity, they have aspirations to strengthen it. But that usually comes with feelings of strain and tension. So how would you start planning out a kind of yoga, vox yoga plan for Mm. them? Yeah, well, really, it would be starting to slow down and bring awareness to, you know, what's actually going in the bo- on in the body. That sounds like quite a hectic schedule um, <laughs> of, you know, having daytime and then evening and lots going on. So it's just taking the time to calm down. So um, coming to the breath, first of all, feeling sensations in the body. Again, it's always just saying, oh, how does that feel? What do you feel when you um, do this, when you practice this? What sensations um, do you feel? And then letting that guide the session. Um, However, if there's some tension there, obviously we want to release that. So it's trying to target that tension that lies. Often it's the upper body um, in singers. It's thinking, is it tension all the time or is it just when you sing um so I mean I'll probably always do some upper body neck stretches um at the start of a session anyway and starting to sound when we do some stretches as well so I use a lot of SOVT and accent method in yoga postures as well which are fantastic because SOVTs help with getting that cleaner sound, um, getting a healthier sound and understanding more about the breath control. So putting some of those sounds into just simple yoga postures at first, for example, a standing forward folds, tabletop hands and knees is an incredible posture to understand um, core muscles, finding release, engagement doing some accents there feels amazing um and then always taking it back to standing as well so really working some vocal exercises and it might just be going mm. it doesn't have to be massive arpeggios and scales although it could be um whilst we do some release and then trying to yeah find that calm and focus and exploring you know exploring the range, where does it feel the most tense? Where does it feel breathy? Um, And then, yeah, a lot of postures are great for different things. So like I said, um, like using an SOVT for a more grounded posture, like tree pose, standing on one leg. I know that sounds strange, but it's amazing because you're stretching the whole body. You have to ground that foot. You can hold on to something. It's fine. Um, It's really good to get more clear focus sound um forward folds are great for our upper register finding organic sounds um so again i've kind of gone quite far that would probably span a few sessions (laughs) 
because of course there's nothing worse than trying all these different things and then it's all a bit you know there's too much so I do think with these if you're working with an individual singer it's just saying what do you need what do you want how do you feel Mm. and then thinking okay what stretch release posture is going to work best how can we get the vocalizing into that um and then yeah just coming back to the voice and reflecting I think that's kind of a key throughout sessions as well Mm. it is trying things and then reflecting what felt good some things can feel really strange at first um and just trying to get the most free comfortable clear sound possible Mm. And when someone tries something that's really quite new to them, um, maybe not even new, maybe it's uh, um, being in front of a teacher or whatever it might be. And the question is, how does that feel? Sometimes the answer that we get is good. And that kind of is where it ends. So how do you help those students, singers um, who are with you kind of dig a bit deeper and and move past just good and go into, can you describe it any further? Uh, what words would you use? That sort of thing. That's so interesting. because I've had that with quite a few students lately, because I think it is my most used phrase when I'm teaching, even if it's just, you know, what someone thinks of as a straight singing lesson. Um, I would say, you know, how did that feel? Like, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of approaching it before and saying, OK, next time. Um, think about the sensation that you feel in your, you know, torso. If you're thinking about breathing, thinking about do you feel things low, middle, high? And then, of course, that tells me where's the movement or the tension? How can we explore that, you know, mm. a little bit further if there's too much switching on in the abs or if the rib cage isn't moving enough? You start to realize, okay, maybe let's say, okay, next time we do it, focus on this. Um, And also encouraging people to just use like imagery instead. I think often um, I teach at a conservatoire where they get given all the singing tech and they're trying to, I say, how does that feel? And they're trying to think, oh, oh, my larynx position was, oh no, my tongue was this. And sometimes it's too much because they've got so much going on. It's like, just describe it. How does it feel? Does it feel bright, rich, stuck, forward, back? (laughs) So I think it's just reflecting, encouraging that reflection as well. But yeah, I think before you go into the exercise, you know, you never know what people are going to feel. Sometimes you'll do something that you think is going to be targeted at, for example, um, opening the ribcage and they'll say, oh, my, that made me realize my hamstring was tight. You'll be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> didn't expect you to say that. And then you end up going on to something completely different. But, you know, sometimes it's useful to say, okay, fit, um, just bring awareness to this part of your body or bring awareness to the quality of your voice. Or do you feel anything in your neck and things? So trying to not, not guide them, but, you know, give them a little bit of more of a journey mm. um, as, as they're, they're singing or moving. Yeah. And I think that's the one of the many wonderful things about singing is that it starts to really bring out the the nuance that we can all be different and it's okay to be different. Mm -hmm. You don't have to feel what that other person's feeling because you've got your body and they've got theirs. Um, And just because they feel that helps them feel released and 
that makes you feel all bunched up that's actually all right um yeah and and helping a singer realize that if something feels worse that's actually okay because it tells us a whole bunch of things so apart from yoga for singers which you mentioned earlier and of course your wonderful instagram and website where people can kind of see you demoing lots of different um exercises and stretches are there any other resources, any podcasts, um, readings, anything like that, that you can recommend for us if we want to go and research further? Yeah, um, I'm, as I said, where I started was yo- yeah, Yoga for Singers, Linda Lister, and then Vocal Yoga, which is Heather Lyle. Um, she's got a book and she's um, who I did my teacher certification with. And she's got, I think, got another book coming out soon as well. Um, there's also another one, Yoga and singing, um, I think is Judith Carmen. And they just kind of give you insights into how, you know, how yoga could be beneficial and different ways of looking at it, mantras, breathing, um, asanas, the physical side as well. But I think it's really just understanding about the mechanisms of, of the body and the voice as well. So I think that actually it's just understanding through further training yourself, maybe local health education, your own, you know, the BAST courses as well, just understanding how the voice works and then how the body works as well. Um, So I think it is just understanding how things are connected. I've done loads of um, reading around fascia and anatomy trains recently. Tom um, Myers, Myers, I think Myers' book um, is really interesting and I've brought that into some of my classes recently and that's just telling you well, exploring how, you know, all the way from your toe to your tongue is connected. (laughs) And that's really fascinating. So I suppose it depends. Yeah. Where you want to, um, where you want to go with your research, but really it's going to a yoga class. Mm. If you go to, yeah, maybe a beginner, a Hatha yoga class is great then um, seeing how you feel afterwards and you'll start to think, oh, this is a great stretch for my side body. Oh, that would be brilliant to do before singing. Oh, I wonder if what would happen if I try that later and I add some sound to it. And that's kind of how I started myself. So it's seeing what feels the best for your body. Um, and then, yeah, checking out any resources, my resources as well. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Do you have to be a certified yoga teacher to include these things in your vocal lessons or is it something that you could research up on and start to integrate? Oh, great question. I don't know, like, the le- I suppose legally, do you have to be a certified yoga teacher? I mean, to get insured as a yoga teacher, you have to be certified. But I think, you know, if you're adding a posture in, adding some stretches into your singing teaching I'd say you know as long as it's safe and you're both you and your student are both understanding of what's what's happening using the body um being really mindful then yes um I think teachers can bring it into um yeah classes you know individual lessons and things um but it's great to understand the like the alignment of the posture you know there's no point teaching someone warrior two if you don't know that the we want the knee to be stacked over the ankle because you're going to be putting yourself in funny, you know, funny positions. However, all of that information is quite readily accessible. There's loads of yoga websites and books that kind of break down postures. And if you practice it regularly in class as well, you're going to understand those things. But it's knowing, you know, that 
a lot of just straight singing students that come to you for a singing lesson might think why are you making me do warrior two it's it's actually just kind of thinking oh yeah how could that be beneficial um starting with the odd little stretch release work and seeing if it benefits that student um but i mean i did the 500 hour teach certification but there is a 200 hour which is the first one which i think if anyone is interested in it it's really fantastic to do because there's a really there's a big focus on well depends which course you do um but there can be a big focus on anatomy anatomy and the postures breathing the breathing system which obviously ties in um with with singing and then also the breathing um yogic breathing and how that can help um as well because there's some really great pranayama exercises to energize the body or calm the nervous system and they can be really really useful to bring into um into teaching and classes as well well thank you so much rosie it's been a real treat to be with you today and where can people find more about you and get in touch with you they can go to my website, foxyoga.co.uk. Um, however, I'm probably easiest to get hold of on Instagram, foxyoga with Rosie. And then also I've got resources on YouTube as well, foxyoga. Amazing. And listeners, if you are tuning in before the 27th of June 2022, then there is still time to get your tickets for our Focus on event on Monday the 27th of June. So if you head over to the BAST website, www.basttraining.com and follow the events tab, you can find your tickets there. And you can also find the link in the show notes. And Rosie, we will see you there. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Dear fellow Curious Voice Nerd, have you got your ticket to our next event yet? Well, head over to www.basstraining.com forward slash store and we'll save you a seat. That's www.bastraining.com forward slash store. Don't worry, you haven't totally missed out on our past events. A recording is waiting for you there too. You probably want to sign up to our mailing list though, just to make sure you never miss another cordial invitation. So follow the link in our podcast description to join. See you at the next one.